Hi, and welcome to the HSP World Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas, and your other hosts are... Robin. And Rain. We have a special surprise for you today. In a recent episode, we talked about HSP parenting. It's quite a big topic, and we happen to know an expert in this area whom we wanted to ask for insight. So today, we're going to chat about the biggest challenges and solutions for highly sensitive parents. Robin, would you be so kind as to introduce our guest for today? I sure would. So today, we're going to be speaking with Suzanne de Moenck-Mortier, who is based in Tuscany, Italy, where she runs the International HSP Center and has been doing so for the past five years. So in addition to being a trained elementary school teacher, Suzanne has several training qualifications in child, youth, and adult coaching, as well as training specific to HSPs. Suzanne offers a masterclass to highly sensitive men and women who experience overwhelm and want to create more peace in their lives. She's also offering holistic coaching for highly sensitive children and teenagers. Suzanne often consults with parents of highly sensitive children who are struggling at at school and works with parents to empower themselves and in turn their children. She's also currently writing a book based on how to provide better support and guidance of HSP children in educational systems. So Suzanne is uh, in a wonderful position to tell us about highly sensitive parents. Thank you so much for agreeing to be our first expert guest, Suzanne. Thank you. (laughs) That was a wonderful introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. As Thomas mentioned, we are hoping to ask for your insight on some of the biggest challenges and solutions for highly sensitive parents. And I mean, although we'll probably primarily focus on parenting, we can also talk about anybody in a, a supportive uh, role for children, aunts, uncles, godparents, and so on. Yeah. Yeah. It's very important. Well, this is a big topic. <laughs> <laughs> it is where to start, Rain. Yeah. <laughs> where to start? Well, I'd imagine, I mean, I'm not a parent, but being highly sensitive and having listened to some parents who are highly sensitive, it seems a lot of them can, just from my kind of layperson perspective, a lot of them can struggle with overwhelm. Um but I don't know. That's just that's just a surface observation. And so what do you think? How do you feel about that, Suzanne? What do you notice? Yeah, especially uh, during these challenging uh, times, overwhelm is just very logical uh, because you might be overwhelmed yourself as a sensitive parent, but you also take upon the overwhelm of your child. So you are feeling what your child is also feeling on top of all your uh, own um, stimuli that you also have to process um, Mm. in in a really deep, we know that's our talent, uh, deep and profound way. Mm. Yes, but uh, thank you very much for bringing up this uh, topic. It's really important because highly sensitive parents are raising present and future at the same time and such important work mm. and if we want to heal society um, we really need empowered sensitive parents and therefore you start at home by working on yourself as a sensitive parent because you are um, really blessed with that sensory wisdom and 
that's amazing. And like every character trait, <laughs> like high sensitivity, it's not a disorder, it's a character trait. It can also have downsides, even when you are so blessed with all the, the, the sensory wisdom of deep processing and detecting things in an early stage and um, being able to recognize your child's overwhelm. So thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Maybe you could tell us, Suzanne, what kinds of situations do you do you encounter? Like what kinds of situations do highly sensitive parents consult with you about? Well, my expertise is in uh, education, helping the highly sensitive children who struggle in education. And besides, of course, confidence and fear of failure and anxiety, there are also challenges for the parents who have a highly sensitive child who struggles in education. For example, how do you consult with a teacher? How do you advocate for your child? How do you set boundaries with the school staff, for example? Because highly sensitive parents can be really beautiful, selfless. <laughs> and, you, and you wish the whole world would just be like these sensitive parents. And unfortunately, not everyone is selfless. There's a uh, you can't say a balance, but you'll catch my drift. So advocating advocating for their child is something you've noticed highly sensitive parents can struggle with, Suzanne? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I saw in one of your descriptions that you believe that there could be, you know, as great a need or a similar need of support for highly sensitive children in schools as there is for children on the autistic spectrum. So is it, yeah. I mean, I think we're a bit more familiar now, like in the common consciousness, public consciousness that, you know, children who um, do have uh, autism, you know, are in need of special support in classrooms and any kind of educational context. Is it really as big for highly sensitive kids? Yeah, that's what I advocate for, because there are many uh, training programs and it's more because it's a disorder, autism, it's more acknowledged. And it's not the same for uh, high sensitivity, not at all, um, because it's not a disorder and you can't get some kind of funding yet <laughs> in schools. And um, I, I, I just feel that highly sensitive children can be seen as much as autistic children in school. And what applies to a highly sensitive child also is really good for the whole classroom, mm. that approach. So yes, it's a, a strong belief that I have that we need to advocate just as much as for the autistic children. That's really making a lot of sense to me, Be you know, seeing as um, HSP, 70% of them kind of lean more towards the introverted side with 30% being extroverted. So the public school system, you know, I could, I know for myself, you know, yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was a lot to take in, you know, just a regular school day with, you know, teachers and, and all the other children and you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, you helped me with my, um, research about uh, children <laughs> education for my book as yes, I remember that <laughs> it's interesting because it reminds me of when I went to public high school I had um, the good fortune to go 
to a public high school where the students had a fairly high amount of autonomy. And for the first time, I mean, compared to my elementary schools, for the first time I felt at ease because I was given so much autonomy in in the classes that I would were able to take and, and whatnot. So it's it's an interesting connection that I just made. Yeah. Yeah, that's also something that I mentioned in my master class is autonomy and allergic to hierarchy. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you said, Thomas. Yes. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about the, the master class that's geared towards, I think it's like how to offer more support to highly sensitive yeah. children in schools, right? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, how to support your sensitive child needs in, uh, in education. So we go, um, we don't only talk about eye sensitivity, but um, besides the scientific uh, background, of course, we also discuss that. We go into the practical part. So uh, we start from the day before school, because many children experience a little bellyache, uh, headaches, little toe aches, all of a sudden, <laughs> because they know that they have to go to school the mm. next day. And so we discuss what you can do when, you, when they go to uh, sleep, how you can communicate it. And then we go to the morning and uh, when you drive or bike to school and then arrival at school. And then we talk about all the subjects at school, how highly sensitive children learn, uh, how they react and how you can respond and support them. And then we also talk about what to do during breaks after school and when they go on a, a field trip for example or well you know a school camp and then when they come home and they can explode at home <laughs> after <laughs> a full day of all those with a stimuli and then when they go to bed what you do so it's a um it's it's a full day with a bonus of how to help your child the day before school mm. nice yeah that that sounds neat Thank you. So when focusing a little bit more now on the, the parents, so if a highly sensitive parent comes to you for help, what are maybe some of the questions or the first things you would want to investigate and explore with them working towards finding a solution for them? Yeah, these sensitive parents uh, usually feel um, overly responsible and have sometimes feelings of guilt because they might feel that um, they might feel sometimes they really mention the word weak because they think or feel that their child is not coping within society because of them being sensitive mm. that they're holding their child back because of their sensitivity Mm -hmm. and they uh, can often blame themselves and doubt what if um, what they're doing is the right thing. So having the tendency to uh, stay too long in things. So also in a conflict, maybe in school or in a relationship or in a job. And we explore if the situation is still realistic, if there is some mirroring going on between the parents and the child. There could be a trauma, it doesn't always have to be, but it's really interesting mm -hmm how things shift for a child when you can explore that uh, topic. And if you, when you have the feeling that you might be projecting something onto your child, 
it it's um, it's it gives you space to breathe. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's interesting. We're hearing a lot about feelings of anxiety, guilt, feeling inferior, overthinking, uh, overthinking, <laughs> overwhelm. So, but I I feel that you know we hear we do hear these experiences from parents in general not just the highly sensitive ones in your opinion suzanne would it is the difference between a highly sensitive parent hearing these things uh, feeling these things and a non-hsp parent is it just the question of the intensity that they feel these things or is there really something very different yeah yeah it goes really deep it's really intense and we tend to i say we because i'm also a sensitive parent mm -hmm. but we can ruminate about things before deciding what to do we really want to have an overview of the situation and it takes time of course because we're processing deep <laughs> um, and we want to see it from all different perspectives before we decide what to do what, what is best mm. so in indecisiveness for example that's a huge difference yeah like i said being overly uh, feeling overly responsible in a way that is not always helping your well-being. Yeah. Do you find that just by pointing out the tendency to do deep processing, does that help? Does that help sometimes just to know that, oh, I I am overthinking, I am overprocessing this. Do you find that highly sensitive uh, people then respond to that knowledge? You mean when explaining that they're overthinking or yeah. deprocessing? Right. They do. Yeah, they do recognize that <laughs> definitely. And I also I show them with visuals how that works uh, for a highly sensitive person. Ah, okay. And especially, of course, also uh, how a highly sensitive child thinks and learns and communicates. Because we we talk in a different way, we communicate in a different way, and we. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. eat in a different way and think play eat <laughs> so it's all uh, um it's really nice if you, if you can frame it for a highly sensitive person and from there give an overview and frame that so then explore if is this situation still realistic is it is this really what is going on or did you ruminate it about it for so long and then maybe created self-doubt or anxiety because you ruminated about it for so long. Is that, is that what you meant, Thomas? Yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah? that's very helpful. And I'm now thinking about the eating part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how we are different in eating. I'm going to have to ponder that for a little bit. I do have a question, though. Um, are you ever approached and do you ever coach parents to be, in other words, parents that are going to be having their first child in, you know, and if so, what kind of questions might they be asking? Great question. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> it should be more, um, definitely more attention for that. Yes. Well, I work with uh, also with highly uh, uh, sensitive adults and when they don't have uh, children yet or they don't want to, of course, that topic also uh, uh, is also discussed we um well what i notice is that many adults 
are really doubting if they want, and that's beautiful also about sensitive adults, that they doubting if they want to put a child nowadays on this earth. Mm. And I know that sounds maybe a bit blunt, me saying this in a, in, within a podcast about sensitive parents, but them having that clarity already helps them if they want to mm-hmm. uh, dive deeper or um, yeah, take that decision with their partner. Mm. That's a that's a great point, actually, and I think it is relevant to a discussion on HSP parents. I know, uh, you know, for 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 my own reflections on this topic, it's definitely something that I've considered. Uh, you know, I have both of my parents were highly sensitive, are highly sensitive, but as I grew up with them, they were highly sensitive, and yeah, I saw that it can be uh, a very intense experience for everybody. So it it gives me pause and think, hmm, you know, to think, okay, if I if I do have a choice in this, how will I make that choice? You know, what's going to be? Again, you don't you don't we don't always have choice over it, but if we do, then you know how what would be a positive choice here for for myself as a highly sensitive person, for my partner, and and for the the child whether or not they're sensitive. So yeah, it's difficult. Do you, do you go through that uh, conversation sometimes with your clients as well? Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, well, it's, they take the decision, but it's often family or um, partners who think you should do it differently according to this, according to the norm that society sets. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's that it gives a lot of pressure. And um, uh, when you, of course, even when you decide uh, not to, there's still a period of, of a phase of, of grief that you're not having a child. It's not that they don't want a child. It's because they uh, think about how the world is now acting and um, yeah, feel how their child is going to find their way, especially when they're sensitive in, within the world. My my wife and I had made the decision very early that we only wanted one child. And and even so, when when our daughter was born, the amount of overwhelm, and in particular, because I like to say, you know, they don't come with a manual, right? They don't, <laughs> yeah. nobody really tells you, like, this is what parenting is about. You know, you, you in many ways, you discovered on your own and, and, you ask around, you read some books, whatever, but still, it's a very steep learning curve, and it's overwhelming, and there's just a, a lot that goes through your mind in terms of, you know, am I really adequate? Am I going to be a good parent? All that stuff comes up very quickly, so. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I don't know how... I'm not sure, um, but it's just a point I thought it was worth making. I, I think to some extent, um, when people learn they have the HSP trait, they just, you know, it's a big sigh of relief. It's like, oh, that's what it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. kind yeah. of, you know. But sometimes I think, you know, they can, the, the person that learns they have the trait can stop there with just that information and not really understand the the degree 
to win. And of course, have, you know, you, the HSP trait is on a is on a spectrum. Um, so, you know, one person can have it to a greater degree than another person. Mm. And that's not a comparison thing. That's just something for the person to, to know to what degree they have it and which sensitivities are higher for them and that mm. type of thing. But I wonder um, sometimes how how often people who who are parents and they have the highly sensitive trait, if they if they you know really realize to what a great extent you know having the trait affects themselves as well as you know their their children or child, whether that child is highly sensitive or not. I don't I don't know. It's just a question I wondered about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I, I th- do think that's true because before you have children, you think you will do it in a certain way, and not like your parents. And <laughs> uh, you have you have that um, beautiful dream, <laughs> and when you're a parent, of course you 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 did not take in account that you will be overwhelmed and <laughs> in that extent or exhausted, depleted. Sometimes you just you're too tired. You just set one foot in front of the other when you haven't slept for months, <laughs> and um, that's that's what we often don't mention. But that's reality um, mm. for some. And when I, uh, for example, Elaine Aaron mentioned in her book that uh, you need to have more support, more and more like a, like a, a safety net. And when you are then a highly sensitive parent yourself and you think, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to do this all alone. But then the doubt comes up and the guilt. <laughs> Sometimes when you think, oh, y- you never considered that you would feel so guilty when you leave the house, even when it's 10 meters away. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's, so, that's, that's so different than before you, you were a parent. My, my children are now 19 and uh, 16. And it's a wonderful journey, but I did not expect that I would react in a certain way that I could never have imagined before, that I would be so incredibly connected, mm-hmm. that I w- could feel so guilty at times. Well, I did everything in my power. I did, but at the mm-hmm. time, you think it's never enough. It's, it's not. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, those are really new feelings they're wonderful but they're new so it's something that it's beautiful if you can share that within your own support network Mm -hmm. so support network meaning grandparents and um, yes you know good friends babysitters um yes yeah uncles are great (laughs) yeah yes yeah that's really important but because we feel overly responsible at times we often don't do that because we are ashamed that other people might think that we are not doing the best we can. Mm. Um, yeah, we have that sur- survival strategy where we think we should do it all on our own mm. and no one can do it better at times. <laughs> so we won't accept also support sometimes. Excellent. What I'm liking about what I'm hearing, the way that you structure your master class is that you, it sounds to me like you're emphasizing a lot of the positive qualities of being highly sensitive. 
And I think sometimes HSPs, like Rain, what you were saying, you know, HSPs learn that they have the trade, but they don't necessarily then go to the next step and understand the positive aspects of it. Yeah, yeah. And that, that is uh, the goal of, of my center. That's the, I don't know where it started, but sometimes high sensitivity really has a negative, uh, how do you say, connotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's such a pity. I, I cannot identify with that. Um, it has downside, like every other character trait, it mm-hmm. has downsides. But it, when you really feel empowered, it, it, it brings so much more <laughs> to this world. We are here for a reason. And I truly, truly believe that, that we are here for a reason. And, and also to leave our legacy within others every day. You do it every day, you leave your legacy. When you talk to someone, even intentionally thinking about some, someone. And that's, that's our purpose to bring that balance. So, yeah, how can that be? <laughs> yeah, I, that's, that's not in my, my system. Right. Cool. Wow. Thank you, Suzanne, for today's conversation. I'm so delighted to hear what you're saying about the positive aspects. And as a parent myself, I really appreciate the expertise that you bring to the topic. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank all of you for sharing your, uh, your view and your experience. And thank you for this opportunity. It's wonderful to work with amazing, uh, sensitive colleagues. Absolutely. Thank you, Suzanne. I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be a big help to the highly sensitive parents out there who may be struggling or who are thinking of becoming parents or who already are parents. It's really nice to speak with someone who has some experience in this area. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. And thank you to our listeners. If you would like to contact Suzanne or find out more about her work, you can find her online at www.internationalhspcenter.com. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please join us for the next one, where we'll be having another interesting HSP conversation. And to any highly sensitives out there who have a burning HSP-related question, big or small, we invite you to ask it on the HSP World podcast. Just email info at hsp.world. Thank you.